This past Sunday night, December 5th, CBS broadcasted the nation's 99th annual National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony. Welcome back. The way I see it, this is a very soulful season, and that's one reason it's That was a pretty tame, wholesome event, a moment to welcome in the holiday season. Hosted by LL Cool J, it featured musical performances from the likes of Billy Porter, her, and none other than the one and only Miss Patti LaBelle. She's a good friend, a beautiful person, and one of the greatest singers of our time, Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle, an artist known for her powerful voice and soulful tone, absolutely nailed her performance. Not a note off, not a lyric out of place. In some ways, this was redemption. Way back in 1996, Patti performed at this exact same event. And let's just say, it didn't go so well. Patty was front and center, but the singers behind her were missing. Her cue cards were out of sorts. It was, I mean, let's not mince words here, a train wreck. Because I don't have the right words and I have no background singers. Oh, I don't. But you know who loves a train wreck? The internet, baby which is why a video of this performance has become an absolute viral sensation. Millions of views on YouTube since it was posted in 2016. GIFs galore. Endless Twitter chatter. Especially each year when the holidays roll around. Why this annual resurrection? Well, I've come to believe it's because it's the perfect Christmas story. From Gimlet Media, this is Not Past It, a show about the stories we can't quite leave behind. Every episode, we take a moment from that very same week in history and tell you the story of how it shaped our world. I'm Simone Polanin. 25 years ago this week, on December 5th, 1996, Patti LaBelle took the stage at the National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony in Washington, D.C. And so much went awry. What exactly happened that day? Where were Patti LaBelle's background singers? What was up with those cue cards? And why are we still talking about it? Get ready, because this is prestige journalism. I've not told the story. I've never talked about it. The untold story behind a beloved holiday meme. That's coming up. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am recording. I will also say that in the spirit of this, I don't have a mic stand, but I do have a box of Christmas wrapping paper, and it is holding up my mic. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on, Mike. Can you please tell the people who you are? My name is Julie Carley, and I am a producer for the greatest and most glorious, most adorable podcast in the world, (laughs) Not Past It. Not Past It producer Julie Carley is a passionate woman. She loves stand-up comedy, lush bath bombs, And perhaps most of all, this video of Patti LaBelle at the 1996 National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony. Let's actually talk about the video because I imagine there are some poor unfortunate souls out there who have never actually seen it. Mm. Mm. Tell us about what happens in this uh, famed Patti LaBelle video. Yeah, like we'll do a play-by-play like they do at the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's break it down. (laughs) Okay, so the video starts. We have an all-star lineup lineup tonight, tonight, joining with the the president president and the first lady to to celebrate our our national Christmas tree lighting. We have this man who's in this, like, brown trench coat. He's looking like the proper 1990s white dude, Clark Griswold type of man on stage. And he's introducing Patty. Ladies and gentlemen, we are privileged to have as our special honored guest this evening the dynamic Patty LaBelle. But, like, as he's introducing her, she must have, like, heard her name and, like, come out on stage early. Right, right. And she, like, pops out and it's, like, super awkward. And then she, like, quickly ducks back. So it's, like, from the beginning, this thing is, like, falling apart. Um, But the trench coat guy does eventually introduce her properly. Here to sing this Christmas is Patti LaBelle. Welcome. She walks out. Let's just say this. She looks great. She is, yeah, yeah. her hair she, is done. She's very hot. Makeup is outstanding. She's in some sort of like beautiful purple gown. Is it silk? Is it satin? I don't know what it is, but it's gorgeous. She is so cute. Oh my gosh. And then the song starts. The, the eyes. The eyes, like the full side eye, she noticed there's obviously something immediately wrong. And then when she starts to sing, they suddenly cut to this wide shot and you see that she's totally alone on the stage. 
she's like on this huge stage and there are these risers behind her. And it's like clearly there's supposed to mm-hmm. be like at least a few other people up there with her. And then she continues to sing. And she gets the first verse down. Yep. Which is, let's like hang all the mistletoe. All the mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better. Know you better. So she gets that. That's fine. This Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and that the iconic line. We're my background singers. Woo! We're my background singers. Woo! <laughs> As if that's a lyric. Then she calls out to whoever's holding her cue mm-hmm. cards. Well, baby, baby, I, and it's the wrong words on the cue cards. I don't know the song. Because apparently she doesn't have the right lyrics. And she is trying so hard. She's trying so hard to keep going. And she's really, she's sort of like expressing her distress in mm-hmm. the melody of this Christmas. Which is beautiful. Because. Yeah, that's basically the vibe for the rest of the video. It's just, like, pure chaos. It's just absolutely outstanding stuff. What do you feel when when you're watching this video? Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Joy mixed with horror mixed with what? Got do, you it, have, got do you have it. feelings when you watch this video? Oh, man. I mean, for me, it's just unbridled joy. Mm-hmm. It's just so It's just so funny. I mean, you got to love disasters, right? It accomplishes in a minute and 30 seconds what so many filmmakers have tried to accomplish in the world of cinema over the years with regards to Christmas movies. I'm talking National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm talking The Grinch. I'm talking A Christmas Story. We have this idea of Christmas. We're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. something great, but it's a disaster from top to bottom. You know the movies she's talking about where everything that could go wrong does, but they usually end with everything tied up in a neat little bow and some holiday cheer. But this video has no bow. It just kind of ends and leaves the viewer with a lot of questions. This is burdensome. This hurts me in my soul, in my heart. So in the spirit of Christmas, we at Not Past It want to wrap this thing up by answering a very basic question. What happened? To figure out what in the Merry Christmas happened that day, Julie and the team at Not Past It went on a wild, months-long search into the bowels of the internet, the federal government, and the recording industry. Where to even begin? Well, with Patty, of course. You have reached the office of W&W Public Relations. Julie called Patty's publicist and also her manager. And Patty didn't want to talk. Kind of a bummer, but maybe not the biggest surprise. She probably had a Legends Ball to go to. Anyways, next, Julie started looking for clues. You start at the place where all things need to be started, the source material. And my source material is C-SPAN. Julie rewatched the video for probably the thousandth time, and she spotted a name right away. The only name on screen other than Patty's. It was the guy who introduced her. You know, brown trench coat, Clark Griswold vibes. His name is John Betchkel. An email and a missed call later, 
Julie, this is John Betchigal. I don't know where you are, but you got my phone number, which is one step further than you were when you sent me that email about the 1996 Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Bye now. John lives in Ohio. He's retired, most recently from GE. But he told us the ghosts of his more distant past keep coming back. Every year, and I mean every year, since that went viral, uh, during the month of December, I get phone calls from people who I haven't seen for a long, long time. And I know right away why they're calling. Those people, they're calling John for the same reason we're calling John. Well, maybe. For answers. At the time of the Patty incident in 96, John was heading up the Christmas Pageant of Peace, a weeks-long holiday celebration in D.C. managed by the federal government. A big part of that job was running the National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony. Started in 1923 by good old Calvin Coolidge, it's become an annual event where, you guessed it, they light the nation's Christmas tree. It's essentially an opportunity for the president to ring in the holiday season. And it's a huge event. People came from all over the country and really all over the world with so many embassies in Washington uh, with their families. And it was a very cheerful, gay, upbeating place. It was The pageant is televised, just one way in which the event has evolved. It, it grew from being just a small event when people would come together and light the tree into an event that began to attract entertainers who volunteered their time and talent to be part of the ceremony. Okay, so it was clear that John would have at least some answers for us, which we'll get to, patience. But he was just one man with one vantage point. We wanted a fuller picture, a whole cast of characters, if you will. So Julie kept digging. You have reached the William J. Clinton Presidential Library and the United States Secret Service. Please listen to the following. Congress reopened its doors to visitors with three. Julie eventually got a hold of someone at the Library of Congress, and they told her to check out the Army Band, which led us to this guy. Great morning, world. My name is Trent Reese, and I was the former. NCOIC of the United States Army Band. NCOIC, non-commissioned officer in charge. Trent Reese held that title during his time with the Army Band, known as Pershing's Own. I was in charge of the stage crew uh, during that, I don't want to say faithful year, of the 1996 Christmas tree lighting uh, honoring uh, William J. Clinton. This army band would be accompanying all the musical acts. And Trent Reese was the stage manager that day, responsible for all the band's equipment, the audiovisual connections, basically making sure the event lived up to the army's culture of excellence. And that the performance went off without a hitch. Which meant a lot to Trent, especially once he found out Patty would be performing. I would describe Patty as an artist that brought through her voice the type of wow that the Beatles did 
getting off the plane. And I had seen her in concert a number of times. And nowhere near the stage did I get. But for it to come to fruition that I actually am working with Patty and standing next to her and adjusting her microphone, just hearing that name, we weren't talking about just any artist. I mean, Patty could have came in and sneezed and she would have got a round of applause. In case it's not abundantly clear, Trent's a massive Patty fan. He has fond memories of bumping her music in the 70s. By that point, she had already fronted a couple girl groups and released one of her most iconic hits, Lady Marmalade. You know, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? <laughs> Anyways, from there, she struck out on her own as a solo artist and saw her star continue to rise through the 80s and 90s. At the time of the 96 ceremony, you could argue Patty was at her height. More than 10 studio albums released, one Grammy under her belt, she was about to win another. Trent was delighted to be in her presence. Patty LaBelle is in your military building. The concept that you're comfortable, you're at home. Patty LaBelle's coming into your house with a sweet potato pie. <laughs> okay. So with our cast of characters in place, John, Trent, Patty, it's finally showtime. It was a hurry up and wait day. On December 5th, 1996, Trent had his hands full, making sure everything was set for the performance, which is always a little more complicated when the president and the Secret Service are involved. You have filters of security and steps and procedures. After two in the afternoon in the last rehearsal, the area's cordoned off. The snipers are on the roof. It's locked down. There was a pretty big area they had to secure. The tree lighting ceremony took place on the ellipse, that big stretch of green lawn south of the White House. Next to the tree, still waiting to be lit, was a huge stage with seats for VIPs. John Betchkull, the guy in the trench coat, was backstage feeling excited. It was just the kind of day when you look forward for a, a perfect evening and just felt like nothing could go wrong. But right when the event was supposed to get started, John noticed one VIP in particular wasn't in his seat. The president was late coming down to the ellipse, and that was nothing unusual for Bill Clinton to go somewhere and be late. It's true. Bill Clinton was notoriously late. But this event was about to go live on TV. His tardiness was a real problem. We were obliged to start the tree lighting ceremony precisely at 5 o'clock because it was telecast nationally. And we, we really had to get started on time. So when the president wasn't there, uh, the producer of the pageant told me to go out and start the program. So I did. I walked out on the stage. Welcome, Welcome to the, to the 1996, 1996 Christmas, Christmas pageant, pageant of Peace. The president, president and, the and the first lady, lady as you know, live, live just, just up, up the street. The street. They don't they have, have much trouble with the traffic lights, lights so, so we can, can count on them being here shortly. shortly. Backstage, an even bigger problem was brewing. Stage manager Trent Reese was freaking out. Patty's musical director had approached him with a concern. Patty's background singers, all three of them, 
were nowhere to be found. They're not on site. So now, mild panic. It's almost showtime. We've got no backup singers. But the show had to go on. Like, John was already on stage starting the program. And I said to the audience, uh, this is a great night. We've got a terrific lineup of people. So then I introduced Patti LaBelle. Here to sing this Christmas is Patti LaBelle. Welcome. And I went backstage. From backstage, John watched as Patti fumbled through the opening of the song. Where in the H-E double hockey sticks were her background singers? Well, John was about to find out. The Patti LaBelle backup singers were out in the area behind the stage, which was the area where the president was to arrive. And when the president arrived, the... uh, Secret Service agents who are very, 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 very efficient froze that area and the backup singers couldn't leave to go out on the stage. Because of Bill Clinton's late-ass ass, everything was frozen. The security detail had to clear the area for him to enter the facility and create a secure corridor for him to get to his seat. In the meantime, all other movements were frozen. The backup singers were caught in this mess, held up by security somewhere backstage. And when your show hits a snag as big as this one, there's really only one person up for the job, the stage manager, Trent Reese. Well, number one thing you do is stay calm and think through so you can persevere. Trent was working feverishly to get the backup singers through security and onto the stage. So now I'm going to do my best Johnny Cochran routine and talk them through security. You can picture Johnny Cochran defending OJ in that early 1990s courtroom, pacing around, delivering persuasion and charisma in tandem. That was Trent in this moment, smooth-talking these random Secret Service members. Meanwhile, John was there backstage when the president finally arrived. Well, thanks for showing up. He looked at the monitor. I'll never forget what he said uh, because it was right to the point. He said, what's going on here? Because, of course... The missing backup singers weren't the only reason Patty was flailing. There was the other missing piece in this chaotic puzzle. Those pesky cue cards. Who in the world could possibly tell us the story behind this epic failure? Leave it to producer Julie Carley. I found the cue card man. He is my crown jewel. After the break, the cue card man finally finds the right words to explain what the hell happened. Okay, Patty fans, let's do a recap. 
We learned a few important things on our quest to find out what happened that day on that stage in 1996. Bill Clinton was late. The backup singers were frozen in an avalanche of Secret Service. Trent Reese was trying to get them out on stage. And that cue card guy was in one hell of a pickle. 20 years, I've never been involved in a show with the Army Band where everything that could go wrong in 30 seconds did. (laughs) Todd Collier, the cue card man, was also a member of Pershing's own Army Band. He says Patty didn't tell the band she needed help with lyrics until pretty late in the game. She was yeah, I really don't do that song. It's not part of my regular repertoire. Patty was asked to sing This Christmas because she had made a popular recording of it a few years prior. She didn't feel comfortable reciting the lyrics from memory, so she wanted a little help. We could have gotten a teleprompter and just loaded everything into a teleprompter. That technology did exist. (laughs) But uh, we had to go old school because it was very late. So someone else on the team, as in not Todd, made the cue cards. So I was handed a stack of cue cards from the uh, library staff, and I should have checked them, but I trust the excellence of that staff, so I figured they're all in order. So as soon as the song began and started to show the cue cards and got to the second card and it was not the correct card. God bless Patty LaBelle, so I'm just going to ad lib. <laughs> and uh, and she did. And, you know, the crowd just ate it up. Uh, just a comedy of errors. Comedy now it wasn't comic that day. Wow. Well, there you have it. Ugh, I've got ice running through my veins just thinking about it. Not knowing the cue cards you're presenting are out of order until mid-performance? Always double-check your work, kids. Now, about those backup singers. Behind the scenes, stage manager Trent Reese was still under intense pressure, trying to get Patty's three background singers out of Secret Service purgatory. I'm talking my way through security points with the singers, trying to vouch for these folks who I've only seen for three rehearsals maybe that week, and acting as though I can vouch for their character and what contents they might have in their pockets. Trent was persistent and adamant, warning people there are three empty microphones out there on that stage. And these are the three people that need to occupy them, and you're the person who's going to determine as to whether this Christmas tree lighting is a success or not. That moment itself can be kind of daunting, but I just know I have to get them to the stage. Now, if you watch the video to its conclusion, Trent did his job. The background singers do eventually get on stage, about 90 seconds into the song. There are three of them standing there, two women and a guy. They start to sing. Patty even sings thank you. And the whole scene kind of awkwardly resolves. But the damage had been done. Everyone on that stage looks defeated. The wind has been knocked out of their sails. Still, Patty ends the song on, well, a high note. 
Shortly after the song ended, while she was introducing the next act, Patty admitted in her own way just how she felt about the performance. Thank you very much. Now it's my turn to do an introduction. No more singing for me, honey. I already blew. I already blew. Ugh, Patty. Just before the show ended, as Bill Clinton got ready to light the tree, he took the mic, speaking directly to Patty. My friend Patty LaBelle, you did well with and without your singers. Yeah, no thanks to you, Mr. President. In the years since, as the video achieved viral status, Patty herself has been relatively quiet about the performance. Her most public commentary, if you can call it that, took place in 2017, 21 years after the performance, on the Bravo show Watch What Happens Live. The show's host, Andy Cohen, took the opportunity to ask her the burning question. Remember, did you know that that I clip went you, viral I don't last remember year? that. You don't? Did, where was I? You were at the <laughs> National Christmas Tree Lighting. In D.C.? Uh, in D.C., the Clintons were there, and the oh. background singers weren't there. <laughs> and you went on, you were singing This Christmas, and it went viral like crazy last Christmas I time. never saw that. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> but I'm glad I made a mistake. Hey. I, uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. How do you forget a mistake that the rest of the world is basically obsessed with? I mean, I could never forget an embarrassing moment like that. I haven't even lived down tripping on stage at my eighth grade graduation rehearsal. But I'm not Patti LaBelle. And honestly, I believe her. I do think it's possible that she doesn't remember. I don't know for sure, but I'd like to think that Patti just had so much career so many knockout shows since then, they've basically eclipsed this one performance of this one little song 25 years ago. When you are in and of the business, you have to be impressed by an artist who has a a dense catalog of songs and hits and duets with other artists, and they remember the chart, the tempo, and every word verbatim. So who are we to maybe have a negative comment when an artist forgets a word. Trent Reese makes a good point. We hold these cultural icons up above us on a pedestal, and the ones that are really polished can even make us forget for a while that all that talent, ultimately, is contained within a human being. It's inevitable that their humanity will poke through especially when things don't go as planned. The question then is, how will they handle that? The circus around them, the mistake, the crack in the veneer. In Patty's case, she handled it like the pro she is. Patty pulled it off with that silky smooth, powerful voice that seemed to be able to reach the heavens at a given split second. She was able to finesse through it. Maybe it was the makeup and hair being just right. Maybe it's the fact that it is Patty, we love you, LaBelle, and America was willing to be forgiven. Getting to the truth behind this viral video 
It's been a journey. One that all started with our producer, Julie Carley, digging into something that had occupied her for years. Julie did everything she could to round out this story with the obvious, the missing backup singers. But no dice. We were able to identify two of the three singers. Sadly, one of them had recently passed, and the other just didn't want to talk. Who knows? Maybe they were also at that Legends Ball. Julie, you've uncovered this incredible story. And I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, like, what what is the takeaway from this? What does this all mean? The, the big takeaway is that ultimately mistakes happen and they can, they can actually be really beautiful moments and they can be moments that bring you closer to other people. They can be moments that show you that life is actually just sort of okay. Like <laughs> we take ourselves way too seriously and when you can recover from them with grace and actually a sense of humor, that's, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. What a tender takeaway. It's giving me all those nice holiday feelings. Almost like at the end of a Christmas movie. Almost. To really cap this thing off right, and to give you all the perfect bow on this holiday story, we're missing one very important element. Because as I'm sure you know, Christmas movies don't just end with a tender feeling. They often come with a big old send-off, a showstopper, one last Christmassy shebang. And how better to wrap up this musical story than with an original song? We assembled an all-star group of people to bring it to life, including some incredibly talented singers and even Patti LaBelle's former guitar player. So, without further ado, a gift from the Not Past It team to the incomparable Patti LaBelle, to Trent, to Todd, to John, to everyone who performed that day, and of course, to all of you. May I present the world premiere of Where Are My Background Singers? I'm feeling all alone here on my own and the mood is all wrong Mm -hmm. where are my background singers to help me sing this song So the background 
Past It is a Spotify original produced by Gimlet and ZSP Media. This episode was produced by Amy Padula and reported by Julie Carley. Next week, who said Christianity can't get sexy? I think, I hope I'm not getting my Augustines mixed up. I think he was like super horny, right? The rest of our team is producer Sarah Craig and associate producer Ramoy Phillip. Laura Newcomb is our production assistant. The supervising producer is Erica Morrison. Editing by Moral Waltz, Andrea B. Scott, and Zach Stewart-Pontier. Fact-checking by Jane Ackerman. Sound design and mixing by Hansdale Shee. Original music by Sax Kicks Av, Willie Green, Jay Bless, and Bobby Lord. And for that incredible song, Dion Carroll, Herb Smith, Tasha Owens, Melvin Davis, and Drew Schultz. With lyrics by Julie Carley and music by Bobby Lord. Our theme song is Toko Liana by Coco Co with music supervision by Liz Fulton, technical direction by Zach Schmidt, show art by Elise Harvin and Talia Rockman. The executive producer at ZSP Media is Zach Stewart-Pontier. The executive producer from Gimlet is Abby Ruzica. Lots of people to thank for this one. Special thanks to Sarah Baer, Julie Burns, Jerome Campbell, Emma Cortland, the Clinton Presidential Library and Museum, Jane Cross, Kim Davidson, Mary Griffin, Robert Huffman, Caroline Jones, Andrew Justice, Adam Lassard, Stephen Lewis, the Library of Congress, Katie Liming, Eric Mozingo, Kathy Osborne, David Nathan, Janice Pendarvis, Jason Spear, Martha Wash, James Washington, Thayer Woodcock, Denise Wilkinson and the Ladies of Sky, Valerie Yaros, and to Lydia Polgreen, Dan Behar and Clara Sankey, Emily Wiedemann, Liz Stiles, and Nabil Cholampat. Follow Not Past It Now to listen for free, exclusively on Spotify. Click the little bell next to the follow button to get notifications for new episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Simone Palanen. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. And I would say to you, please have an awesome rest of the day and a week on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>